This week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, wow, what a refreshing conversation with independent musician Adam Ezra. It just made us smile. It made us feel good. And you know what? It made us realize this industry doesn't suck, and it's not all terrible, and it's not all about making one more penny and one more penny. And Adam's attitude is so refreshing, recharging. Um, Hopefully it's contagious. Check it out to the end. And uh, I think you're going to find this really, really interesting. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need to succeed in this new music business. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. One of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. We're back this week, Jay. We, yes, uh, we are. We, we rarely were, miss a week. That was we, just we rarely, a hiccup. Yeah, it was a hiccup. We had... Um, we had Feature FM scheduled for the guest, and they had some last-minute things that got in the way, but we've already got them rescheduled to come back in in about a month or so to talk about, uh, I think we're going to talk about their Lincoln Bio services. Um, super cool. Super cool services they've got, and, you know, a Lincoln Bio is, is, is a tool you've got to be using at this point in time. You have to. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes so much sense, but we'll talk about that in a future episode here. Um, we've got an amazing discussion coming up with an incredible, um, independent artist who's going to shed a lot of positive light and positive vibes on, on, on what he's doing and what's going on out there. But, um, before we do that, just a quick thank you to Bruce and Hypebot and Bands in Town for your support. And of course, a quick mention for our artist community page over on Bands in Town head over to bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Sign up. It's 100% free. There's no commitments for you. We've got a great discussion environment going on over there about each weekly episode, questions that we pose to you guys. We get into some great, great discussions with other artists who are just providing their feedback and their experiences on what they're, what, what they're seeing and what they're learning. So, um, I encourage everybody join us over on the bands and town artist community. Um, and, uh, thank you to discmakers.com, our sponsor. Um, yes, sir. you've been with us for quite a while and we appreciate everything you've done. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD vinyl t-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. We got together with the fine folks at Disc Makers and put together a great little offer for all of our listeners. Head over to DiscMakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, Make sure you use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. Um, So, Jay, who's sitting down with us this week? Today, you and I have the pleasure of talking with indie artist Adam Ezra. And I got to tell you, we talk to a lot of folks in on this podcast, outside of this podcast, and there are a few folks that are maybe a little negative about the new music business and woe is me. And, you know, I'm not getting the kind of money I should be getting from streaming or whatever it is. And we address that every week. But what makes this so refreshing is it was just an inspiring conversation, how positive it is and how it's not about just getting every penny you can from these fans. It's more about building that community. And when you do build that community, um, special things happen. And I just, uh, stay to the end. It's, it's a fantastic conversation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This was, you know, every musician at any level, um, should just check this out. It was just refreshing. It was, it was a, it was a good feel good discussion. 
especially after the last couple years in this industry. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's still an exciting business to be in. And I think Adam shows that if you have the right attitude. Yep. Yep. So let it roll and we'll see you at the end. Thousands of musicians and industry professionals listen to the music biz weekly podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, Get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. Today, we're joined by indie musician, artist, singer, songwriter, dad, Adam Ezra. Adam, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Oh, man, I so appreciate you guys having me. I, I really want to talk to you about, well, a lot of things. But the first thing is, it's a whole different ball game today for an indie artist. You know, I used to tour years ago in bands. It was so easy. And the, all you did was you wrote good songs. You recorded you just got them, to be a musician. It was, it was a whole different thing, right? You, you would get popular locally and then maybe regionally do a few little early morning radio stations. You know, hopefully you get signed. It was, it was a simpler time. And now today you've got, your website, you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, maybe even Twitch and TikTok, and you have to create content and you on top of writing good songs and mm. playing good shows. I almost feel like there's some mental health implications there. Mm. How do you manage all of these things that you have to do today? I wake up and I have that feeling in my stomach <laughs> oftentimes, especially during these times when uh when right you don't know if i just got a call from my sound engineer two minutes before this interview that she her roommate is has covid so oh, sorry to hear that so we have to strategize that right we don't know if one of the band members is going to get sick gas prices just doubled hotel rooms just like more than doubled and so right uh, uh, and that, that those are the logistics, right? But one of the things you're talking about, which was like such a continuous reality check for me is that when you want to be an artist, you're actually starting a business. It's every yep. much a business and yep. every single so. element of owning a business is, is there. And you are responsible for it. And the only difference is there's no one you can. Uh, it's very hard to find resources like you guys to help guide the way because the music business, the entertainment business, the art business works so differently than any other business in the world. And it's constantly changing. Yeah. So good, good, good luck walking into a bank and saying, I need a business loan. Okay. Well, what's your business? I'm a musician. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's pretty much the end of the conversation right there. Yeah, that's it. And, that's and, it. and, and you're dealing with a reality where the commodity you built your career around for the most part, nobody wants to buy anymore. The music is, is le has less value than it did. And you are now forced to figure out, well, where can I make revenue so I can pay for the doubled price in gas and these hotel rooms because you got people that want to see you live, but you got to generate revenue somehow. I will say that I completely agree with that. And I am sure uh, and I know that a lot of what we're going to talk about today are uh, uh, many of the uh, unique and unconventional ways that uh, that I've gone about creating revenue uh, through my uh, through my art. Uh, but I will also uh, I will also say that um, that there are ways there are still lots of ways to make okay. money from your recordings and uh, and your songwriting. Uh, and uh, one of the and, and even though people aren't buying CDs anymore, which is, I think, what you were talking about uh, a, a little bit in that was really hard for us because we went from a place where we were we were selling $60,000 worth of CDs every single year. And that's just gone, right? Like, and that's gone, not totally gone because there are people out there that still like CDs. But, um, uh, but the flip side is that a tiny little independent artist like me with no engine behind me 
my music, anyone in the world can listen to it. At any point, I am one click away from anyone in the world listening to my music. And the more people that are That's listening cool. to my music and sharing my music, it, it amplifies the power of the source. And so it was more simple back in the day when an artist could just get signed and get thrown on the radio and, and man, yeah. and, 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 and there are many days that I wish that that were my path, but ain't, it's not the re reality that we live in right now. The good news yeah. though, is that we as independent artists don't have to rely on a record label and we don't have to rely on the radio because if you're willing to kind of do the work, right. You got to put the work um, in and, and that's, and I that's love that part. you're doing that. Adam, and, and the way that I see it, and correct me if you see it differently, is today for an indie artist, there's not a ton of revenue in sales, streams, downloads. Uh, at the merch table, you can make a little bit maybe on your vinyl and your CD, but just overall on the music side where a lot of people think you make a bulk of your money, that's not really, it, it comes down to things like what you're doing with your website, which I'd like to dig into, sync opportunities, merch, touring. Some people are doing loops and beats. Some people are offering experiences. There's so many creative ways to monetize um, your art. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. How do you use your website um, to share your art with people and how do you monetize that? Sure. Uh, happy to talk about that. And I will only say that uh, these days, our merch table is crushing it. And we can talk about that. We can Let's we can also it. talk about that separately. Okay. We'll start with the website because really everything feeds everything else for us. And uh, um, one of the things uh, uh, you know, our website is hosted by uh, a, a, a pretty amazing company called Banzoogle. And, uh, and one of the things that they, uh, that they do is uh, their mission is to really empower independent artists like me. And we use them to their full capacity. So, you know, about a third of our shows these days, believe it or not, are independent, non-traditional shows. They're not shows that are booked through our booking agency. They're either nonprofit activism, fundraiser, charity events. They are, uh, they, we have a whole program where, um, where fans apply to host shows in backyards, parking lots, parks, um, we've done whole house concert tours and we can sell through our website tickets for all of those shows ourselves. So, uh, uh, so one of the biggest uh, income generating sources of our website are simply concert ticket sales. Now we are a live band. I've always been a live band. And so uh, uh, I've always been a live connection kind of an artist. Um, so that has always been a key component to my business plan, which is play. When in doubt, play, play, play. Get out there and play. And if if the you know if the gig ain't paying well, figure out a way for for it to pay well. Figure out a way to add a couple more gigs to that gig to make it pay well. Um, and uh, uh, it does take a lot of work. That'll be a theme all of this stuff. Now, quick, um, quick question. When you're talking about a lot of work, let's, let's just get a quick idea. What sort of team do you have? Are you literally doing all this work yourself or do no. you have people on your team that you've delegated to? I have gotten to the point where through all of our non-traditional business practices, there's enough work that I have a full-time administrator working for me. Who's not awesome. part of management. Who's not part of booking agency. She was uh, she was a um, executive assistant for a CEO and she took she was laid off during COVID and she took a massive pay cut to work for me. Uh, and uh, but for instance, so we we have uh, we have uh, um, over the next month, we probably have eight different concerts that we're not 
that are not tickets are not being sold through venues. We have like theater concerts and festivals coming up, right? But we we and clubs, but we also have some backyards and some parks and some charity events. And so this administrator organizes each event and she creates different different items. So, and it works seamlessly from the front end of the website. They look at our schedule and they'll see, uh, they'll see a festival and then they'll see a theater and then they'll see a, uh, a, a backyard concert, right? But they click on that and then it brings them to a store page where then they click on that and they can buy a ticket for that concert. And uh, that information then goes into a spreadsheet so that we can track the tickets. So we're not overselling. And you own the audience. And it's all you own that fan. It's all you're not dealing with an intermediary. And let me just interject really quickly. I've done living room shows since 2001. I've had like Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears and Lisa Loeb and Jason Faulkner and John Hour. I mean, I've been doing these things for a long time. And what I would the best shows. Well, here's the thing. And you know this better than anyone. It's unlike any show you've been to because people aren't clinking their drinks, trying to get laid, telling jokes. They are focused on you. And then the other part of this is the revenue because people want a memento from there. They want to have a CD sign. They want to say hi to you. They want to get their picture taken. And I've found that some of these artists, especially in Los Angeles, where you're lucky if you break even on a show, mm. that they'll come away with some pretty decent revenue. Are you finding some of that to be true? Yes, absolutely. So just so you know, before COVID started, we went out. So we have, and one of the things that we do, and I know email for those of you out there that roll your eyes at the mailing list, right? Email is still the very best way to in many ways engage, connect, and stay yes, connected sir. with our community. And uh, we sent, so starting in 2016, I began something that we called the Get Folked House Concert Tour. And what <laughs> we did, uh, what we did was we put an application, we had an application on, uh, you know, in the cloud somewhere, you know, yep. it's like a Google, Google application, Google something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Form. That's it. That was it. It was a Google form. And we sent an email blast out and I talked about it a little bit. We posted it on our website, we posted it on our social media. Over the next month, Adam is going to come to 30 living rooms. And if you would like to apply, you have to go. And we made the application process somewhat involved. There's like an essay section, for instance, like, why do you want to host? Because... Ah. You, for those of you who have been to house concerts before, the host plays an incredibly significant role in dictating 100%. spirit. If that host is totally reverent of the art that's being difference. made in their living room, so too will every other guest that is in that living room. And so Agreed. we would get hundreds of applications in. We would put those applications, we would think about deep like all that we would read through the applications it was just it was like applying for college right and then we would and and the <laughs> tour started small right you don't have to have the kind of fan base where you get hundreds of applicants in for those of you who are like your gears are turning on this right but then there needs to be everyone can be a host everyone can be a house concert host but not a lot of people think that that's even like something in the universe of something that they could do right? When it happens, if you have a team in place or you yourself can talk to a good person who cares about hosting a good event and walk them through, this is how a house concert works. You th- yeah. Let's think about your space. Let's create a good space for people. Let's make sure that there are not too many tickets. So make sure everybody can be comfortable. Yeah. Make sure everyone has a seat. This is the kind of atmosphere exactly. when you are yeah. at the house concert. And then if you are the kind of artist that can provide a positive experience, I mean, I'll tell you, man, it, it's, it's not only, it doesn't only lead to uh, a great concert experience and a, 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 a great connection with fans, a super powerful, intimate connection with fans, but yeah. it actually impacts culture. 
many, yeah. many. So we, we, we did four years of the house concert tour. It started with 30 house concerts. Then it went to like seven. I would play like 70. I would do, I would do double headers in some days. Um, wow. And we would route these applications around the country. And I cannot tell you how many of those hosts are now hosting other independent artists, oftentimes artists that are opening up for us on the road. And it's, it, it, it literally is having an impact on music culture. And it's and they're one the of the best them. shows, right? I mean, they're the most intimate, you know, because I've done dozens of them. I can just tell you really briefly, I was reading this article in the New York Times about Pat Denizio, uh, God rest his soul, from the Smithereens. And he had gone across the country and done these house concerts. Well, I know some artists, so I made a couple of phone calls and said, would you be interested in doing this? And we charged, you know, 20, $25 a pop and every penny went to the artist. We didn't take a dime of anything of the merch. We even bought chairs. So we had, you know, some couches and things, but then we bought these chairs. So uh, to your point, everyone had a seat. And then pretty soon it was too big for my house. And I moved it to a friend's house who could fit even more. And we were getting like 50, 60 people at some of these shows and they were all paying every penny went to the artist but to your point that wasn't the best part the best part was everybody was focused on the artist it was very emotional it was very personal the conversations it felt like it was just you and the artist and i've never seen any other show quite like a really good house concert right i mean right if the if the point of creating music and creating art is to express uh, uh, ex express in some way what it's like to be human. And everybody has their own unique art form within music, but we're talking about music here, right? But like the songwriter, the, the, the creator is expressing what it's like to experience being human. And there's no more powerful way than to like get them as raw and as real as, uh, as, as you can. And it, it can change the way that people think about listening to music and, and songs. Uh, anyways, there are lots of things I know we want to talk about today. Adam, and let me, we, let me, let me yeah. ask you real quick about house concerts. So, yeah, you know, when you, when you book a, a, a traditional concert, whether yeah. it's a club or a theater or whatever, and I think most artists understand this, you're like, you're, you're sending your your technical rider off to a production person at that venue who kind of gets it and just takes that. And, and you, for the most part, can sit back and go, OK, I don't have to tell you what this means. You get it. They take care of it. You show up. It's working. It's very for, different for for house concerts. There yes. might be and I'm assuming there might be some of these fans who who get it. You don't have to walk them through. They understand it. But I'm guessing there's a lot of house concerts that are put on by fans teach. who have absolutely no clue what goes into a live show production <laughs> and will you and your team take the extra time and effort to say okay i'm giving you an exact list of what we need for gear and and you can go to your guitar center you can go to your local music store ask for these items specific you know do you walk them through to really help them understand and get what's needed to put on a good house show so you don't show up and somebody's like oh wait a second you mean you needed a power outlet i didn't know you needed a power out i mean we laugh at it but if you haven't done a show before, you don't know what's required. Um, so to answer your question, yes. Uh, when we are putting, actually, when we put together uh, a tour or a project through which people are applying to be hosts, there's a complete, there are pay, I mean, we have spent hours and hours and hours and hours building the infrastructure of that tour, right? There is a page that says, this is the Get Folks Tour. Have you ever been to a house concert before? It's pretty cool. This is what it's all about. And then Adam is gonna be doing this house concert tour during these dates. When you see these dates on the tour schedule, you should click on them and check one of them out because they're pretty awesome. Are you interested in maybe being a host? We would love that. Click here to learn 
what that means to be a host at a house concert. You click on that, right? And it's at, and, and there's a whole list, right? During your house yeah. concert, Adam will show up at this time and he will take an hour or two to set up. I will always bring my own gear. Because if, if you're going to be an artist that's serious about house concerts, you are not going to leave that to hosts that aren't music people. You don't want to do that. You want to have control. You want to be bringing your self-contained to the host. You want the host to just be able to create an atmosphere for you to show up. And so you're, you're more concerned with the, 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 the host creating the atmosphere and having the appropriate space more than anything you bring everything uh, and, else. and attitude you and know, attitude there, right yes being an there evangelist. are some hosts there are some like there are some things that you can kind of guard against right like some hosts will want everybody to be so happy and comfortable they'll spend their inclination will be to spend the concert like bartending for people which is, a, which is a distraction. You don't want that, right? Or, or they're, they're handing out food to people. You don't want that. You want, you want to be able to communicate to a host. You know what? The best way that you can be a host is to sit in the front row and be glued to every thing that happens at that show. Bring yeah. people in. There can be party time before, be after. But when the show is happening, if you are dialed in, and you're inspired by what's happening. Everyone else is going to be. If you yeah. if you are acting like what's happening is super special, then it's super special. That's it. Yeah. That's fact. And everybody's going to be following yeah. that. Helping hosts understand yeah. that. Um, you know, one of the challenges is if a host can be so excited, right? This is the best thing. They're having their favorite artist in their living room. Sometimes, like, they can get a little so excited that they have a couple too many and that can be really challenging sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. single night. If you're an artist that is house concert touring every single night is a completely different experience. If you're the kind of artist that needs structure, if you need to perform the same show every night, that is not going to work to your favor in a house concert environment. But if you're the kind of artist that can be confident enough to just be yourself and know that what this experience is, is you sharing yourself with other people in an intimate way. And you know how to make music and you know how to set up your speaker system and you know how to be friendly with people and connect with people. Then if that's as much as your plan is, then you're going to be great because you're going to show up. You're going to figure out where the space is that you need to set up. And as people come in and out, you're going to bounce off of them and interact. And then you guys are going to be on a ride yeah. together. And it's and it's awesome. Well, let's talk about how the website plays into that, because, as you know, yeah. there are certain ways that you sell tickets to shows that are out of your control and they take yeah. exorbitant fees and right. you get a fraction of what that revenue is that's coming in. But correct me if I'm wrong, when you're doing your kind of direct to consumer from your band's website, that's you and you're keeping that revenue. And in fact, they don't even take a commission. Is that right? They don't take a commission and all the revenue comes to us. Now, there are third parties that we have to go through like PayPal, like a credit card sure. company. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll, take, they'll, they'll take a credit clearing. card processing fee. Right. So yeah. you're going to you're going to lose you're going to lose, I don't know what percentage that is, 7%, 10%, small percentage, like you know, something like that. But, but it's, but it ain't coming from your host who is enabling the, the ticket links and all that. I mean, Banzoogle is wonderful. Check this out, guys. I mean, we went to Banzoogle and we said, Hey, you know, uh, we are selling a ton of tickets. It's all through and, and now merch, this was in during COVID. And so we started live streaming and we were creating like like covid inspired merch products right that were just selling selling and we were saying hey we, you know what we really we're doing so much business we want people to be able to use credit cards they have been developing uh easy ways for their artists to now use credit card through their store and when they started doing it it was really hard the, their their interface, the the third party they were working with made the accounting and the numbers really challenging and they work on that. I mean, it's a gift to have uh, to have a web host that their mission is to empower the artist. Well, right? Banzoogle so is a company us. of musicians. 
So yeah. first and foremost, they understand what it is to be a musician. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. and it's been, it's been, it's been pretty cool. And, and, and our, our website has completely evolved for that, for that uh, get folk house concert tour. Right. We created a whole section of what I was talking about those web pages. I could do that. I don't know anything about computers, right. but I built pages and we added art that was specific to the house concert tour. And so, and so on our nav bar, there was a whole get folked house concert tour and they could click on it. And there was a whole series of pages. There was, and, and it was, uh, it was a, it was a huge, uh, huge empowering way for us to be able to create a whole tour all all just through our website you know soup to nuts yeah what are some other things that you do are you involved in taking kind of merch to a another level where it's almost two experiences where maybe you have handwritten lyrics or maybe you will record with someone what talk about other maybe revenue generating sources you you have yeah, we, uh, so, so, uh, so we have an interesting, uh, uh, approach to merch and that is, and, and it, and it started when we were playing out, uh, we, and we still are playing out live, but it started through the live, the live stuff, but it's evolved onto our approach to online stuff as well. But, you know, we had something at our shows called the, I love you box. And people could, we had a whole table of merch. People could pay whatever they wanted. People could take whatever they wanted. If they, wow. And I would say to fans at shows, that's amazing. Please, if you like the music, please help yourself to the music. If you can, you know, if you can afford $10 for a CD, great. If all you can afford is $5, great. If you're down to your last dollar, keep it for yourself. Wow. Help yourself to a CD, anyways. That's but, amazing. It's not, it's not amazing. It is, I mean, it, it is what, what, what we are tr attempting to do is build a community and a culture around our music and our art. That's what we're doing. So the people that are coming to our shows, the equation is not how can we get as much money out of them as possible or how can we get them to spend money at our merch table? The equation is, how do I get that first timer and how, how do they, how do I embrace them? Bring into them into community? the community. How do we build a community that is connected to one another, connected to ourselves and, and forever and forever, not because we have one hit song that somebody heard on a soundtrack or is on a radio, but how are they connected to the spirit of what we're doing and, uh, and, and the bigger community that we're building. And so what that messaging does on the, at the merch table is say, is we, we tell people you are more important to us than your money is right. Please, please take mm -hmm. a souvenir home, be a part of what we're doing. Like it. That's the important thing. And, uh, and man, I've fought a million, million battles over this kind of thing uh, with a million people who have talked about a million different ways to sell and make money. And I, I should, I will just say, I, it feels like sound, it feels like sound business practice to me because yeah. relative to the number of tickets we're selling on tour, we sell a lot of merch and, uh, and we also give away a lot of merch and also we sell a lot of merch and people are coming to many, many shows and they're buying many, many products over the course of time. And that's, that's part of the mission. I also should just but more importantly to your point, sorry, yeah. no, more please. importantly to your point, you are, getting that commerce but you're building fans and relationships and you're controlling those fans and relationships and that sounds more nefarious than i mean it just means that when you're going through facebook twitter youtube whatever you don't really own you don't own that the customer you don't own the fan you don't own who they but are you do you can reach out to them via email which mike and i understand the power of email it may not sound sexy but it's still 
works. And you have that personal thing that says, Hey, you came to my show. Guess what? We're going to be back in your area in a couple of months. We'd love to see you. We'd love to, you know, it's that relationship. The commerce will come with the relationship and with, with those lovers of the music. I agree with that. We, the commerce is, 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 is an ancillary part of the, of the relationship. And the relationship wow. is the, is the thing, is the thing that we care about. It's the yeah, only thing that is amazing. It's the only if, thing we care about. If you have a relationship with a fan and their email address, you can talk to them as many times as you want until they say unsubscribe. So you um, have, you have that opportunity to connect, to introduce them to new products, new activities you're doing over and over and over again versus, well, just go to Amazon and, and, and download the new album and I'll get 10 bucks from it. But that's the end of that engagement with that fan, because you have no way to go back to Amazon's customers and say, Hey, you bought my last album. Would you like to buy my next one? Or I'm coming to your town. It, it was a one-time dead end transaction, basically where an uh, email, well, list, you hope they're out there listening and they'll you, come you, back you to you, do, but, but you never, you don't know that it's right. hope. Whereas right. if you've built up that relationship and you've gotten an email address and you've built an email list, that's more than hope. You know that next week, you can send them a message. So you guys will, you guys will appreciate this too. Uh, and this is another coming back to your question about what we're doing at shows. And um, so we never, we don't, we don't believe in playing the same set twice ever music. Really? We don't write set. No, we, every show, we want every show to be different. Right. And so um, obviously you can only play so many songs. It can only be so much differentiation. And we are not, there are, there are, there are moments throughout the entire night where we're as a band improving, but we're not, no one, I don't think would mistake us for a jam band. Right. But, but uh, uh, which was the world. I, I mean, that's, I was fascinated by that world before I became a musician, before I became a songwriter. Um, but uh, we record all of our shows in real time. And at the end of every show, people can go to our table and get a thumb drive of the show that they just saw. And if they come to 20 different shows in a year, they can have 20 different thumb drives of 20 different experiences that they've experienced. And after every show, and they can pay whatever they want for that, or if they're hurting, they don't have to pay for it. They can just take it and have it. Um, and at the end of every show, uh, and I think, uh, you know, I think Michael, this maybe speaks a little bit to what you were talking about as well. Uh, the, uh, uh, I'm at the, I'm at our table personally hanging out for at least it can be a half an hour to an hour after to say, make sure. And that's part of the show is not over when the last note right, happens. Right, right. The show is still continuing until everybody is gone. And, uh, and, and part of the show that is important to me as an artist is that everybody that comes out to that show understands how much I appreciate their coming out and Huge. they get that they get to connect with me personally. Uh, sometimes yeah. they have to wait for a little while if it's a bigger show and yeah. And that's okay. And, you know, if, if I may, at a certain point, if you get to a certain size artist, that becomes impossible to do at a certain, at yeah. a certain point, but, uh, but I ain't there yeah. yet. You know, it, this, this conversation has been incredibly inspiring. I remember the first time Garth Brooks toured, um, I caught him in Seattle and he did what you just described. He played every song he knew. And then he started doing covers because he didn't know any other songs until he ran out of those. And then he stood there and met everyone. There was probably a hundred people in that club. He had a conversation with every single person that waited around in that club. And I still have the CD. And I remember that moment because he was profusely thanking me for believing in him. 
And when you see the trajectory of his career, those people never forget that when you stand there and have that moment with somebody at the merch table and they go, you know what, that song you did really touched me. I'm really moved by it. I'm, I'm moved that you allow me to take the CD, even though I don't have any money, they will never forget that. And that's a real bond and a real relationship. And I just want to let you know, that's super inspiring to me Hmm. before we, uh, before we wind down and and say goodbye, I want to just ask like, where can people, learn more about you where can they listen to the music and check out the merch and find out about shows and maybe even host a, a house go just you know just go see your website if there are another artist going i got to see how he's doing it because i'm going to steal his ideas you can check it out <laughs> and i and i do want to you know when you guys have a host on one of your shows one of the things that uh that that uh that you talk about are the ways that the host is is doing positive things is successful. But uh, um, for those of you watching, I just want you to know that, uh, man, there are so many days I wake up and all I'm thinking about are the things that I'm not successful at. And, uh, and, and, and we, and I, I work so hard every single day to run this business. And there's so much of it that I just hate, hate, hate every single day. And I have to get up and I have to eat my vegetables and I have to, uh, and I have to not lose faith. And even with the, it's almost as if for me, and I don't know if you guys have heard similar things, but you know, uh, with each victory, right. The, the, you can see a little further out onto the horizon and you can see all the things that you're failing at, that you still need to accomplish. And that's, that's the really hard thing. It was hard when I was first starting out doing this and it's hard every single day. And the way that I keep going is because I am inspired by the music that I make and the connections that I make and the community that we're building around our music. And that makes it worth it. That makes it worth it. Um, um, So uh, uh, if you all want to connect to what we're doing, if you're watching this and you are interested, uh, you can start at our website if you'd like. And that is just adamezra.com. E-Z-R-A. Easy. It's a funny last name, I know. And uh, and uh, and you can check it all, you can check it all out from there. If you look for Adam Ezra Group on social media, you'll find us on Instagram and Twitter. And we're just beginning to bang our heads against the TikTok wall right now. I'm not sure if that's I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm an old guy. And so it, that's a hard thing for me to, to me to really. Jay, Jay and embrace. I were just talking about yeah, we TikTok were. and, and demographics just before we hit the play button with you, the, the sort of like the same concern you're, you're bringing up. It's like, Oh, you know, is it not my demographic? I don't get this, you know? Well, and, and, it, and, it, and it's also just like, you don't have, you, any artist only has so much bandwidth. So you can't That's do right. everything. If nope. your mission is to get your stuff synced, that is a whole career. If your mission is to be a full-time touring artist, like every single thing you want to do, right? If your mission is to be a songwriter and be doing co-writing down in Nashville and get other people to cover your song, I mean... Each one of those paths is a full career, as is social media. Being a social media presence is a full-time commitment and career, too. That's a really hard thing. I do want to say this. You can find our music if you look for Adam Ezra Group on Spotify or anywhere else that you can stream music. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, have the misconception that when you're streaming your favorite artist's music, you are taking their music for free. And I just, maybe other artists feel differently, but for me, I feel very strongly about this. When you are listening to my music on Spotify, you are helping me. You are helping me. You are, for every person that's out there listening and liking and following and sharing on that platform, it amplifies my signal. I don't have a lot of radio stations playing my music. And I don't have big record labels or big movie deals. I have people sharing and listening. And uh, and I would love it if you felt like listening to my music out there. You just look for Adam and Ezra Group and you'll find the rest of what you need. Adam, that's awesome. that's an amazing attitude that 
all absolutely artists need to adopt um you know and, and as a music fan myself if i'm a listening and streaming somebody on spotify and i get so bought into who they are i am going to find the other ways to support you I am going to go then go, you know, I've been listening to this album for the last two weeks. It is so freaking good. I'm going to the website. Let me just see what kind of t-shirts you got to sell. I may never wear the t-shirt, but I want to spend 20 bucks to get a t-shirt. So I give you some money. Here's the thing, Michael. Here's the thing, right? And this is nuance, right? I don't ever want somebody to feel like they need to support me. I love that people want to support artists. I don't want to be an artist that needs support. I want to be an artist that wants to share my music with you. I want to give you something. All you need to do, you don't need to feel guilty about supporting me or not supporting me. All you need to do is enjoy, enjoy the music. If you want to come out to a show, enjoy the community. If you want to take a souvenir home, great. Awesome. That, Wonderful. That, that's great. perfect. Jay and I have always attitude, said man. there's nothing worse than an artist that's trying to guilt you into buying their music. That's it. And that as soon as you try and guilt me, I'm I'm leaving. That word support yeah. is a tricky one. I've been thinking about this and, and, and during COVID, especially right. Artists were off the road. Artists need your support. I am live streaming right now and I really want your support, your support, your support. No, 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 no. I don't believe in that. I want to provide a service. I want my music to be art that makes you feel good or bad or heals you or connects you to the thing that is bigger than all of us, whatever that may be, right? I want you to enjoy it. I want to create a service for you. And if you can pay for something as part of that service at some point, great. You just come on, be a part of what we're doing. It'll be a fun ride. Awesome. I love it. Thank Adam, you so thank much, you so Adam. much for joining us today. You've given us it's great a, talking a to you guys. To thank about. you for taking the time. Great talking to you too, man. Hope to see you again. All right. Take care. Much appreciated. Buddy. Visit discmakers.com to place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping up to a $150 value. Wow. What, what a... Um... What a refreshing, recharging yeah. conversation. Uh, you know, in, in this coming out of the major COVID pandemic, although we're still in COVID, obviously, and we will be forever. Um, you know, it's easy to find artists who have the opposite attitude of, oh, my God, I don't know if there's anything left to do. I've lost so much. We've heard it. We've heard from clients and we've seen artists that Adam... He loves you, it. You you hit it. It's refreshing. We've had artists that have given up during the pandemic, or they look at things like their social footprint or how much revenue they're bringing in. And I love the fact, what did he call it? The I love you box. I thought that was incredible. I think that it's really cool that he's not begging you for your money or for your quote unquote support. He's like, look, join this community, join this, you know, this fan base, this relationship. And I think the best bands, whether it's the Kiss Army or Jimmy Buffett's Parrot Heads or BTS or whatever it is, they're so good at growing this community. And I feel like he's worried more about that than making sure he gets every dollar for every T-shirt. Well, and, 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 and that really should be the way it is. You've got to worry about your community. Don't beg and don't guilt them into supporting you, but build the mechanisms so they can when they choose to. So when that fan says, man, I've been I've been going to Adam's house shows for the last year. This is awesome. And on their own, they're like, I want to go get a T-shirt. I want to get an album, whatever it might be. You've you've made it available because as a fan, for me, there's also nothing worse than a band that I've now fallen, I've discovered, I've fallen in love with over time, and I've made the decision that I'm going to now support you, and I can't find a damn way to give you 10 bucks, meaning not literally just give you $10, but you don't have an online store, your online store hasn't been working for 12 months now. You know, when a fan says to themselves, I'm ready to take that next step in my commitment to my favorite artist. 
you need to at least make it available to them and easy yeah. for them to find how to buy tickets, how to listen on Spotify, because that support will be different for every fan. One fan might yeah. go, well, my next level of support is I want to just follow them on Spotify. Well, freaking put a link on your website that says click here to go to my Spotify account. Other fans yep. are, I'm ready to, yeah. I'm ready to buy the CD from Amazon. I'm ready to download the digital files from iTunes. I'm ready to buy a t-shirt. There's countless ways that fans on their own will make that next step, make yeah. it available to them. Yeah. And he helps you to take it to another level, right? If you want to host a house concert, it's right there. If you want to buy tickets to one of those events, you know, we talk about Banzoogle, they're a sponsor, they're our friends, we use them, we've built sites on them. And the way that he's using that is he's taking a lion's share of that revenue. But more importantly, he's got that direct connection, that direct line between him and the fans without intermediaries. And I think that's going to be key to growing that community. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. This was such a, a refreshing conversation. It was like, sure a was. you know, for, for artists out there, this, this is the conversation that should recharge you to go. Yeah. You know what? It, it doesn't all suck. It doesn't, yeah. and it can be done and you can do it on your own and you do it on your own, meaning a team and people that support you it's work. Yeah. But man, look, look at, look at Adam's attitude there. Yeah. It's inspiring. Yep. So everybody go check out Adam. If nothing yeah, else, Adam Ezra, if you're, if you're an artist, go see how he built his website and how he's selling the tickets and how he's doing the house concerts, go through the whole process short of clicking the actual purchase button and putting a credit card in and learn. Maybe you can do the exact same thing and there's nothing wrong with, with, taking ideas from other people. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, uh, real quick shout out once again to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot. Thank you, Bruce. And Bands in Town. And of course, our artist community over on the Bands in Town um, artist community platform. Head over to bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. You're going to find all of our episodes over there. You're going to find a lot of discussions. Um, you know, we didn't have an episode last week, but I still put up a post related to what we were going to have Feature FM come on and talk about their link and bio services. And they will be back we'll for sure. We've got yep. them rescheduled. Um, yep. But we just started a great conversation on the Bands and Town Artist community. What do you use for your link and bio? And man, you know, we, we had one person who had already started doing research and posted a spreadsheet of like a half a dozen different services that they were looking at and comparing. And um, trust me, it's a great resource going on it's over there. It's a great there. resource. People are like, you know, people are like, well, I like this service over this service. And people are like, well, why? What's better? What's worse? And they're getting into, you know, features. And it's a great dive in community of artists helping other artists. So and totally encourage you. It's 100% free bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Check it out. We're over there and say hi. Um, and of course, to our sponsor, discmakers.com. Uh, as always, we appreciate everything you do. And that's it. We'll see everybody next week. Visit musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.